Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It has been a minute since I've recorded one. Um, the intention here is to put one out once a week. And I also really live by giving myself grace when it doesn't happen and just allowing space for the inspiration to come through. Um, cause I personally don't want to just pump out content to pump out content. I want it to be intentional. So it's been a few weeks since I've recorded, but, um, I definitely have really great content to share with you today. It's more today's conversation. I'm just going to sort of recap, um, the eight days that I was away and I'm doing this for a couple of reasons. One is it was it was quite the journey um, being away from my home for eight days, being away from my kids, my husband. It's the longest I've been away from them. Um, second, I really want to talk about the moment of life that I was in while I was away. And lastly, just share some you know funny funny cool stories with you. Um, so. Really, the intention of today's podcast is to remind you to be human and to allow yourself the space to feel all the feelings that come with being a human. Part of your suffering, yes, I'm talking to you, the person that's listening to this, part of your suffering is the resisting of the allowing of feelings. So many of us don't want to feel the hard stuff, which, hello, I get it. I'm right there with you. Nobody wants to feel pain or sadness. But the very thing that we resist is honestly the pathway to our freedom. So um, grab your favorite drink and enjoy the next uh, the next conversation. So um, today is, what what is today? I don't even know what today is. March 3rd, March 4th, March 5th. That's one of those days. It might even be March 6th. I don't know. It's Sunday. Um, and I went away for eight days. I left on a Sunday. Um, I left my family around four o'clock in the afternoon. And then I returned the following Monday, um, right around lunchtime. So I left for an NLP training. So if you've never heard of NLP and as in Nancy L as in Larry P as in potty. <laughs> um, it stands for neuro-linguistic programming. Now I had signed up for this training in 2020 before the whole world shut down. And this training was always going to be a week long, you know, training away. So I had signed up for it in 2020. I've been paying for it, um, monthly and, there's like videos to watch and like all this stuff. And in the last two years, I had gotten um, sort of away from watching the videos as one does when they live their life over a two year period. Um, and it just kind of all of a sudden it was like, boom, it was here. And it was like, wow. So um, what I love, let me just kind of start by telling you what I learned and for this community, how it's really going to be impactful. So I've been a client that has received hypnosis and time techniques and NLP, and I just thought it was brilliant. And I love the way NLP uses language and the pictures in your mind to make change in your subconscious. So this is really great for my clients, the ones who are very much in their head. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Like some of us are wired that way. Some of us were heavily, heavily programmed to be reliant on our mind, our thoughts, our logical mind. 
What I've learned in human design is that really 2% of the world is meant to make decisions using their logical mind, 2%. While honestly, I feel like 98% of people are always like, does this make sense? Is this logical? So that's a whole other story. But for the clients of mine that really are in their head and have that disconnection from their body, again, not to their not their fault. It's just most likely as they were raised, um, the way that they were conditioned to be really didn't allow for that connection. And in fact, most likely broke that connection. So if you're someone who um, was told as a young child, stop crying, um, where you couldn't show your emotions, where you being emotional triggered your caretaker because they didn't know how to hold emotions for you, very likely you are someone who's disconnected from your body. Um, so when you're working with me, I'm very much into the body, the healing, the body, the somatic healing. So to a lot of my clients, I'll say things like, you know, where do you feel this in your body and how do you experience this and what sensations come up? And a lot of them, they're like, I, I don't know. And now I have tools to help those clients. Now I have tools to really go in and do the mindset work which inevitably does connect them back into their body. Um, so that's what I love about NLP is it's given uh, me tools to really help all the people in my, in my community. A lot of the work that I do is very on the feminine side of coaching. It's very into the feeling. And the, like I said, the, the somatic work, um, being in the darkness, the shadows, um, alchemizing things, which is very like a feminine practice. And now I have tools for the masculine side. So I think it's important to be balanced as a coach. And this training absolutely helps me with that. So as I was saying, I have been a client that has received time techniques. So time techniques is, um, it's really not a hypnosis. You're, you're fully awake and aware, but you're, we're sort of using time in a way that allows us to heal and clear things from our past that are currently holding us back. Um, I have done those as, as a client, as an end user, and found such profound shifts from that. I've also hired um, a coach. I did this like a year and a half ago. I hired a coach, and it was strictly hypnosis. It was all hypnosis. So I had three or four live sessions with her, and then it came with this entire library of um, hypnosis and, and meditations and subliminals and audio recordings that to this day I still use. So now that I've taken this NLP hypnosis um, course, I now can do those things, which is very exciting. Um, so that's kind of the reason why I left. Um, leading up to the trip, I was really nervous. Now, let me just tell you guys, I truly am like I've traveled alone before, no problem. In fact, I enjoy it. Like I love just kind of being out there. I know my energy. I know my power. I manifest things. I meet people. I make connections. I really enjoy that. And it's very interesting leading up to this trip. I was like nervous. I was. And I think part of the reason why is the pandemic. I've been home literally for two years now. And, you know, it's, it's weird for me to leave the house during the day now. Like that's like an event, right? Cause I'm so used to just being home. In fact, it was like a couple weeks ago, my husband was like, you need to get out of this house. <laughs> He's like, you need to go find a cafe and go work. 
Um, you just need to be around other people. And I was like, oh God, thank you for telling me that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been weighing, you know, the pandemic and all of that, it kind of weighs on you. Um, so I was getting really nervous. Not only that, but I was sharing a room with two other women. Um, if you hear my kids screaming, it is Sunday. They are just living their lives. So this is, this is it guys. This is building a business, creating community while you have screaming kids in the background. Um, I really want to normalize this for you guys. So anyway, um, so as I was saying, I was nervous and I was staying with two other women who I didn't know. Um, you know, it, it made the, the hotel piece of it go from like, you know, $1,200 to like four. So that for me was like a no brainer. And I was nervous. I didn't obviously know who they were. They were older. They were in their fifties. So I was a, a little nervous, like, you know, I don't know. I just, I just was nervous. And, um, so that was very different for me. Not only that. So if you guys have been hanging out with me for a while, or maybe you don't know, but I've really been, I'd say in the, over the last year, opening myself up to, um, womb wisdom. So the wisdom from our womb, I am a woman, I am a menstruating woman. So I've been really learning and deepening my understanding and creating a relationship with my own womb. And I, and I obviously know my cycle and I knew that the week I was going to be there was essentially my PMS and bleeding week, <laughs> eight days, right? I knew that the four or five days I'd be there would be what, what, um, I refer to as my autumn, my inner autumn. So this was like, and what you would call your PMS week. And then I knew that I was most likely going to start bleeding, you know, towards the tail end of that trip. So that also stre stressed me out a little bit because I, you know, I, I've been really honoring myself and my cycle. And I know that that week leading into it, I feel emotions. I feel, um, I feel emotions. I feel all kinds of things. And I just was a little bit nervous, um, about what that would feel like, what that would look like. Um, because, you know, I was going to be in a room with a bunch of strangers and, um, yeah. So that all was on my plate. Um, so I left and the truth is I was, gosh, the day that I left, we had a, it was a Sunday and I was very intentional about having a really nice day with the family. We had a, we went for a family walk and, um, just had a nice meal and just like really took care of ourselves. And then, um, we went to the, airport and my daughters wanted me to sit in the back with them, which I did. And they both fell asleep on me. Um, so, you know, I, I kissed, they were, they woke up when I left and I kissed them goodbye and, you know, got on the plane and, and got, got to the airport. Um, or I'm sorry, got on the plane, landed in Atlanta and Atlanta have, if you've ever been to the Atlanta airport, holy crap. I, listen guys, I've traveled like when I was a young kid, I went to Europe and South America. Like I've traveled around the world. Um, as an adult, I've been all over the United States and I've been to a lot of airports. Atlanta airport is the craziest airport I've ever been to the most people I've ever seen. And like a lot of walking, there's like a shuttle that you have to take from the air, you know, from the gates to where you get your bags and whatnot. It's just very involved. <sighs> So I did it, obviously. 
And when I got to the hotel, I was texting with my roommates and they were down at the hotel bar and I met them and just immediately felt very comfortable. Um, immediately felt very comfortable. They were awesome. So they, these were two women in their early fifties. They, they had never had kids. So what's funny is they were like, you're the mom, <laughs> you're the mom of this group. And I was like 10 years younger than them. And I've never been the quote unquote mom of a group, but I was like, okay. And as I was unpacking, I had brought like a bag of apples and I brought a bag of oranges and I brought, um, nuts and, you know, bars. And they were like, oh, wow, look, you really are a mom. Like you brought all this stuff. And, you know, we just started like chatting and it, it felt really good. I was, I was, I felt like I was in good company and it felt really good. Um, so then the week started, the training started really, um, if you've, if you know me in real life and you've ever been in any sort of a learning environment with me, you know that I ask a lot of questions. It's, it's, I'm not trying to be annoying. It's just, the truth is I, if you look at my astrology chart, I have about seven or eight planets in air signs. Air is all about thoughts, communication, curiosity, questions, discovery, um, ideas. Like that's just who I am. It's just, you know, I always have questions. Um, and I always look at things in ways that people, other people don't. So when I ask the questions, literally a hundred percent of the time, I always have people afterwards say, that was a really good question. Thank you for asking that. I didn't even think to ask that, or I was thinking the same thing. I'm so glad you asked it. So this training was no different. I was very, you know, I was there. I was going to make the most of it. I didn't care that I was having my PMS week. I didn't care that I was missing my family. I take learning and learning tools for my craft and my art, which is what I do here, take it very seriously. So I was very um, invested, you know, asking the questions. Um, really, we would do activities, we would do processes, and I was, I took it very seriously. Um, and of course, you know, meeting more and more people in the, in the group, um, a really amazing people that all have such different missions, but at the same time, the thread that combines us all is we just want to help people. We really want to help people be their best. Um, so that was awesome. So now I'll bring you on to my, um, my walk of shame story. And, you know, I'm just going to share this because like I said, I think it's important to just own our humanness. Um, so here's a little sneak peek into, into my humanness. <laughs> okay. So first off, um, I had my roommates and one day we, I think it was like the third or fourth night. Um, so the first, yeah. So, so the schedule, the first day was like 10 to eight, which was a lot, and then the following days after that, it was one to eight, which actually was really nice. It was nice to have that space in the morning to exercise, work out, you know, eat, just kind of like, like ease into the day. Um, so I think it was like the second or third night I started to, you know, we, we ordered out pizza one night, like whatever. And then I think, like I said, I think it was like the fourth or fifth night, but like me and like maybe five or six other women we were like, let's go out for dinner. And so we were right there in Midtown Atlanta where there's tons of restaurants and bars and all in walking distance. 
So we walk um, just around the corner to this Italian restaurant, which, oh God, I'm going to sound like such a New England snob right now, but it wasn't that good. <laughs> it was, I mean, you guys ever go to like Italian restaurants that try to be fancy, but it just doesn't work? That's how this place was. And I kind of felt bad because everybody was like, oh my God, this is so good. And I was like, um, have you ever been to the North End in Boston? <laughs> Again, a um, little bit of a food snob here, but it is what it is. So we had Italian, we had wine, was feeling great, having you know a great time. And then me and my two roommates were like, oh, let's go check out this bar across the street. Now, mind you, it's like, you know, 10 o'clock at night, like nothing crazy. Normally I go to bed by like nine or 10, but that's when I'm home and I have like kids to wake up to the next day and stuff. Here, I kind of was like, you know, relaxing that a little bit. And so I said, yeah, sure. So we go to this bar and I end up meeting these two younger girls that are like in their 20s and they're like beautiful. They were like these two black girls. They were beautiful. They had their hair all done. Like they just were, had beautiful energy. And I was like, you know, asking them all these questions and I could not help myself, but they were both like, yeah, we're in, we're like analysts. And I was like, you're analysts? Like, what the hell is an analyst? And I was like, is that really what your heart wanted to be when you grew up? And, you know, we just start going into this really deep conversation about how, the, you know, they're really here to like do what's in their heart and like change the world and all this, that and the other. And so, I mean, time just passed so quickly as I was having a conversation with these two young women and all of a sudden... <laughs> God, this is so embarrassing. All of a sudden, one of them was like, hey, I just got some weed from this, this guy at the bar. Do you like want to smoke? And I was like, uh, yeah. So side note, guys, I'm going to probably be talking more about this. I, I still trying to figure out sort of how, how I'm going to, how I'm going to integrate this into my community with you guys. But I, you know, I am not a big drinker. So if you, again, if you know me in real life, you know this, I am not a big drinker. Yes, I'll have wine. Yes, I'll do shots. Yes, I'll have a cocktail here and there, but it's not like really my jam. Um, I much prefer marijuana. Um, so I am a marijuana user um, daily. Um, I mostly do it in the evenings. I promise you, if you're my client, I do not smoke while I work. Um, I'm very focused on you guys, but for meditation, for inspiration, for relaxation, for sleep, that's my, um, that's my avenue of choice. So obviously I'm in Atlanta. I didn't bring any, clearly it's not legal there and I don't need it that bad. Um, so it had been a good four or five days. So I'm like, yeah, like let's go. So I find myself outside on the streets of Atlanta in an alley smoking, <laughs> street drugs. Oh God, this is so embarrassing. And I'm telling you guys, it was laced with something. The only reason why I'm sharing this is because of the experience that I had. It was laced with something. Not funny, not cool. Genuinely, it was laced with something. My heart was beating so fast. My thoughts were racing. And let me just, again, say I have been a marijuana you know, user since I was 16 years old. I've smoked all kinds of marijuana and this absolutely was laced with something um, because you don't, I don't care if it's the most sativa of the sativas, this had something extra to it. And um, I would say within 10 minutes, I was like, oh shit, like what did we just do? 
So cue the shame, cue the guilt, cue the, what are you doing, Christy? You're a mother of two. Like you're here for an NLP certification for fuck's sake. Like, what are you doing? I had all those thoughts. I went up to the room. My roommate could not stop talking. She was like, and I was like, oh my God. Like I was telling her, I'm like, this was laced with something. Like this is not a normal response to marijuana. I threw up. Um, which actually made me feel so much better and went to bed. And the next morning just woke up. My heart was still racing and just feeling so much shame, so much shame. Um, and the reason again, why I'm sharing this with you guys is just because this was a very human moment of mine. Um, I honestly, it has been years, like, you know, how long I've been mid married, how long I've had kids. Like it's been 10, 15, 20 years, probably closer to 20 years since I've ever like accepted something from a stranger on the street and was like, yeah, you know, cause obviously I just, it, I don't put myself in those situations, number one, but number two, you know, I don't know. It's not smart, right? It's just not a smart thing to do. And I don't know what happened to me, but I just, you know, I was human. I, I, I erred. <laughs> um, I had a little malfunction there and it was actually great because I called my husband and, um, just told him what happened. And I just was like waiting for him to be like, are you serious? Like, how could you? And, oh God, everyone get yourself a husband like this. He said to me, it's okay. He's like, you're, cause I kept saying I'm 40. How can I do this? I'm 40. I'm not 20 anymore. Like I know better. And he just said, it's okay. Age isn't anything but a number. He's like, it's not like you do this all the time. And he's like, you're okay. You know, like we're happy. You're okay. Don't beat yourself up. <sighs> so much permission, so much permission. Um, he gave me in that moment to just be human. So I know my husband does not listen to my podcast, but if you do, Greg, thank you for being you that day because it really, really helped. <clears throat> so anyways, that happened. <laughs> um, that night went to bed nice and early because I was exhausted from the day. And then the next day comes and I woke up um, every single day that I was there. I was really proud of myself. I meditated. I journaled. I did my card pull. I really grounded myself in the habits that I know make me feel really good, especially it, it being my PMS week, um, just journaling on how I felt and just all of that was just so healing. And actually it was really beautiful that I was away from my family. It really gave me another chance to experience that side of myself without needing to be a mother. So, um, that day was, I think it was February 24th and I, or it might've been February 25th. I can't remember, but I remember, you know, doing my morning routine, getting up, um, right down the street from our hotel was this amazing park in Atlanta that I went and walked and ran and did, honestly, I did some ritual by trees. It was so beautiful. But that day, as I was checking, you know, Facebook and Instagram, I realized that a war had started. Um, Russia had invaded the Ukraine. And of course, I was just like, oh my God, like what is going on? Like, really? You know, first a pandemic, now this? Like, and then my father texted me, my sister, and my mom and proceeds to inform us. So I knew that my dad's side of the family was from um, 
Eastern Europe. I knew that. But my dad and my dad be, informs us that all four of his grandparents were born in the Ukraine. And now that I'm digging up a little bit more, I think one of them was actually born in Belarus, which is really all part of that region. But I don't know, something about that, it just felt even more personal. It just, it was, I'm going to be totally honest here, guys. When these things in the world happen, it's really easy for us to just kind of say, oh, it's happening over there or it's happening to them, which is a massive problem with humanity. And I I have this problem. Um, I'm going to go ahead and call myself out and just say, I feel like my particular nervous system um, it has a really hard time with tragedy. I mean, who's who's doesn't, right? But it's really hard for me to jump into the pain with people because it's hard for me to get myself out. And I'm more productive. I'm more helpful to humanity and society and my family um, when I don't take that on. So good or bad or indifferent, that's just me. Um, But for some reason, this particular thing, it was like my nervous system was like, no, we're not going to just check out like these are this is us. This is this could be you is what my nervous system was telling me. This could be you. If your great grandparents hadn't made different choices, some version of my humanity or my soul could be the one experiencing what is happening there. And man, that was hard. It was so hard. Um, but again, it's like, what can I do? What can I do besides donate money and pray? And what I actually did was a blood ritual. Um, because the next day is when I actually started my bleed and I've never done this before, but there was a woman in class who is an astrologer and she's a priestess and she's been initiated, um, into these African, um, rites of passage she was telling me about. And what she was telling me was, she said, you know, if you're going to, if you're bleeding, take some of that blood in a cup, add a little bit of water and go down to like a tree and offer the blood to the tree and say a prayer for the women, the children, and the men that you are feeling called and connected to. And I did just that. I did just that. And I know that might sound weird and gross, Um, but I invite you to look past the conditioning of, ew, that's weird. Ooh, that's gross. And instead just allow it to sort of be, you don't have to have an opinion about it. You can be neutral about it, but that's what I did. And it felt right. Um, and I felt connected to my ancestors in that moment when I did that. And that's really all I could do. (sighs) So that happened. Um, and I took really good care of myself, the, you know, the first uh, couple days of my bleed. As I've been taught, I've been taught that when you are in your bleeding, um, the first day or two or three, it's so important to rest and relax. So, I, you know, I showed up to the classes, but I didn't push myself. I wasn't, you know, I just sort of allowed, and I just trusted that the way I absorbed the information that day was exactly perfect, exactly the way it was meant to be. I just gave myself full permission. I had soup. I just really nourished myself and took care of myself that day. Um, Because the way that you actually take care of yourself um, during the first couple of days that you bleed, it actually sets you up for the rest of the month. So 
I didn't push. Um, I, you know, I had responsibilities, so I showed up for them, but I just really nourished and took care of myself. And then at the end, we all completed. Um, most of the people there received their certifications and it was beautiful. Um, and I'm going to actually pause this right here and come right back because I have more to say. All right. So jumping into part two of this is, so I finished, um, I finished and then I actually, oh, this is even more crazy of a story. So then as I'm out in Atlanta, as you know, this war is starting and everything, my father messages me and tells me that I have cousins that live in Atlanta, like right outside of the city. And would I like to meet with them? And I was like, yeah, I would love that. Like cousins I've never met. Basically they're his first cousins. So my second cousins. So what's interesting is this side of the family, I had never truly been connected to. And I'll just tell you guys very quickly. So my father um, ha has a brother, my uncle, and the two of them were brought up by my grandmother and my grandfather. And my grandfather was extremely abusive, um, which I didn't know this until I was about 15 years old, because my father, you would never use the word abusive to describe my father. He's extremely kind, extremely sweet. He never hit my mother. Obviously he never put a hand on my sister and I just, you know, the kind of like a total, like I'm like a total daddy's girl, like would give me the shirt off his back. Um, just really cares. He's just a kind, loving soul. So when I found all this out about his dad, it was so like, what? Um, and later on I realized my father was the cycle breaker, which I just, Oh my God, I'm, I, I just, I really bow down to anybody who breaks cycles in their families, anybody who, yeah. And cycles can be anything from physical abuse to sexual abuse to things that you just don't see things that are more behind the scenes, like being a people pleaser or, you know, being the kind of mother that just loses herself in, in becoming a mother. Like there's all types of ways that you can break cycles. And so much of this is passed down generationally. So much of it lives in our ancestral lines and actually lives in our epigenetics. So consider that as you live your life, like what pieces of your heritage do you intentionally take with you? And what pieces of your generational and ancestral line are you, are you intentionally breaking and leaving behind? I know for me, I I'm the first in my family to not hit their kids, to not spank their kids. Um, and I'm fucking proud of that. And who knows how that my kids are going to end up, but I can promise you they will never see a belt or a spoon or a shoe or my hand as a weapon. And that for that, I am really fucking proud of myself. So anyways, so I don't really have much connection to my dad's side of the family just because of that. My grandmother passed away when I was eight. She is, and she was and is an angel of mine. Um, I know she's guiding me. Um, I started thinking about her a lot when I was in my twenties, which is spirit's way of letting them know that they're with you. And like, this is the time of your life where their influence is helping you. So, um, I have never really I don't think about my grandfather, right? I had met him maybe three or four times. 
Um, I learned all the stuff I learned about him when I was about 15. So in my mind, I kind of was like, fuck him, just wrote him off. Um, and you know, I, I see how my father still suffers with things like anxiety and PTSD and things like that because of how he was raised from zero to like 10. Um, so anyways, so he messages me, tells me I have this cousin and I'm like, yeah, that would be great. Now, just a little, if you could just put a pin in what I'm telling you and just follow me about what are we in March? So about six months ago, I was in Salem mass with my girls and I decided to get a little psychic medium reading. And I was really wanting to learn about my business. And the woman was, you know, talking to me about all the things. And then she said to me, she goes, Oh, uh, spirits coming through. Someone's here to talk to you. And for me, I, I don't really know anybody that's died, right? It's my grandmother. That's like the only person I've ever, you know, and, and ever, um, that I have any sort of connection with that's passed. That's the truth. Well, now my aunt who, who died um, of COVID, but at this point she hadn't passed away yet. So, um, I was like, Oh, okay. And so the psychic was like, it's a man. He's coming through from your father's side. She's like, was this your, is this your grandfather? I was like, maybe. And she said he was not a good person on earth. He made a lot of mistakes and he's actually trying to, um, figure all that out on the other side, which that's a whole other conversation. I personally believe that when you die, like it's not just joy and bliss. I do think that there's levels to it based on how you were here on earth. I do not believe in hell. I really don't. I think hell is here on earth, just like heaven is here on earth. I don't believe in heaven or hell. I think that they are absolutely made up concepts to, to instill fear in humans. Um, but I do believe that there is consciousness once you're done with this physical body. And I believed her when she said, you know, he's really trying to sort of make amends and figure things out on the other side. So she told me that my grandfather was like trying to help me. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, now mind you, I know I'm kind of going all over with this story, but this is really important. Mind you over the last year or so, I've been feeling very called to ancestors and like the work of reconnecting with your ancestors and, um, um, honoring your ancestors and doing ritual and offerings and things like that. And I've kind of played around with it, um, here and there. And it was really, you know, again, I haven't, I've never taken a course or I'm not working with a coach with anything. I'm just sort of intuitively doing it. Um, and I've had a lot of things happen, lots of signs. Um, so when she said this to me, I was like, Oh wow. Like you know, it, it kind of made sense because I had been praying to my ancestors, like ancestors. Part of my prayer is like, you know, I, I set this intention with the, all the like angels and spirits and energies of my highest healing good. And like the ancestors that have my highest healing good in, you know, in their mind, I, I, I call those energies in when I pray. Um, and honestly, I would encourage you to do the same because the truth is your ancestors are like waiting for you to ask them for help. They can't help you unless you ask them. That's this I know to be true. So it was all kind of making sense as she was saying this. I'm like, oh, wow. Like I wasn't expecting him. And something that I'm sort of kind of dealing with right now is like the shame around who he was and like allowing someone like that to be a spirit guide for me, knowing what he did here on earth. Um, so 
that's something I'm currently in the midst of just working through. I don't have any answers, but I'm just sharing with you my experience. So anyways, this woman tells me this, right? This was like six months ago. So here I am in Atlanta. My dad's like, oh, there's this cousin that's on my dad's side. You want to meet up with her? And I'm like, sure. So I meet, so, so we, we actually met up three times. Um, her, her mom, who was my dad's aunt, who was my grandfather's sister, her mom was actually, um, he, um, in town as well. So I met her and my cousin, my second cousin, her name's Jody. Her mom's like 80 something. Jody's like almost 60, although she looks like she's my age. Um, and we just had a wonderful coffee. I was, again, I was in my inner autumn. So I was like tearing up a little bit, crying a little bit. Cause I just felt so emotional about connecting with the side of the family and meeting two women who were like beautiful and strong and kind and loving. And it was such a healing that I needed for that line of my family. Because when I think of that part of my family, I just think of my grandfather who did the horrible, awful things that he had done to my to my dad, my grandmother, and my uncle growing up. Um, so this was a total healing for me. It was meeting these two women and knowing that like they are my blood, that they are my family, that they are good people. Um, it was so beautiful. And then the very last night that I was there, my cousin invited me to her home, which I mean, she lives in a beautiful home. Um, I didn't know this, but like, she's very wealthy. She's, um, what's it called? She's on the city council. So she's in her local government. Like she's very, she, she has a lot of, um, nonprofits that she does work for just someone that I'm just so proud to say, yes, that is my cousin. Like, wow, that's just beautiful. You know? Um, so it was extremely healing and all at the same time, this Russian invasion of Ukraine was happening and it just felt so serendipitous. It just felt so serendipitous. And then to just finish this portion of my conversation with you guys, I went, when I came home, um, my dad called me and he's like, Hey, you know, I heard you heard you had coffee with Jody and, and her mom. And I heard you, you know, spent the night with Jody. And so we were talking about that. And then we started talking about my grandfather who we never talk about, right? We never talk about this person, but we were talking about him. And I just happened to say to my dad, when's his birthday? Like when's, when's your dad's birthday? And my dad goes today. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, today, February 28th. And I was like, oh my God. Like again, it was so orchestrated, this whole thing. I know it was, I know it was. And what I'm, what I'm sort of processing right now is how to allow this energy to help and to be in my life, which I can tell it wants to, while also forgiving him for the things that he did to my dad and also feeling like I've got my dad's back. If that makes any sense to you guys, if you're still listening, does this make sense? <laughs> Because, um, yeah, it's an interesting thing. You know, I think my dad needs to forgive him and, and I'm, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole because that's not, you know, that that's his work to do, not mine. But I do think that me forgiving my grandfather for the things that he did when he was alive helps him. And, you know, I don't want the role of keeping an energy or a spirit in a place stuck because 
humans on earth are still begrudging them, you know? So that's kind of what I'm feeling into at the moment. So all of that happened in those eight days. Now I want to finish up this conversation by actually sharing with you what I noticed when I got back home. So um, I know a lot of moms struggle with leaving their, leaving their kids. Um, let me just start off by saying in my house, my husband and I have equal roles with the children. Like obviously when they were babies, babies, I did more because I nursed and I'm the only one that can nurse. Um, I pumped here and there, but it wasn't like a pumping so that my husband could, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and me sleep. No, the first, honestly, five years of being a mother, I, it was, I would say 70% me, 30% him. Now that the kids are older and the way that we really run our household is, you know, my husband helps. So when I ask him to, like I have somewhere to go or I'm going to be gone for eight days. It's not like, Oh my God, is he going to survive? Like, no, my husband's very active. He's, he's a co-partner with me. Um, so I knew he could handle it. Right. I wasn't worried like, Oh my God, what's going to happen. I knew he could handle it, but I honestly didn't know that it was going to go as well as it did. Um, so one of the things that I noticed when I got home is that they now, my husband and two daughters, they now have a connection that wasn't there before. And man, is that a beautiful thing? Like a truly beautiful thing. It actually takes the, um, the pressure off of me to always have to be the one to jump in and, and be the emotional support or be whatever it's really impressive. And I have to give, again, my husband doesn't listen to my podcast, but Greg, you fucking nailed it. You crushed it. You are such an incredible father and husband. Um, and the girls and I are so lucky to have you, but it's a really good thing to just notice that, you know, they'll be okay if I'm gone. And that, that is a huge relief for me. And I think for everybody and, um, yeah, they have this connection that they didn't have before. My husband actually had them fold laundry and I was like, wait, what they fold laundry. And he's like, yep, if you're not going to do it for them, they will fold the laundry. So a lot of beautiful blessings came out of leaving my family for eight days. Um, my clients, you guys are in for such a massive treat with the new tools that I have up my sleeve. Um, I am going to be offering quantum mini leap sessions. Um, for those of you who want a custom hypnosis, if you want some time techniques, I'm going to be creating a lot of content around that. Um, just to make sure you guys understand what you can actually get in an hour long session with me, just an hour long session. You can have some truly transformative and massive shifts. So we are coming into the week of March 7th. I am beginning the Money Accelerator course. There are nine beautiful women inside of it. Um, of course, if you want to get in, you could always message me. We could see what we could do. But today is Sunday. The doors close officially tonight. But again, if there's anyone out there with last minute, like, oh my God, I really want to do this, of course, message me. And the last thing I want to share with you guys is I, over the last, you know, the, the time that I was gone and the time that I've been back doing a lot, a lot of soul searching, and I am in the midst of creating the most purposeful passion from the soul project course I've ever created. And the good news is it's not just for women inside of network marketing. It's truly for all women. 
if you are in my space in my circle, you're here because you know that there's more than what you've, than what you experience. You know, there's more than just what you were told as a kid and you're on the search, you're on the hunt for what that is and how you can apply it into your life. And this course is all about that. It's all about emotional alchemy, which I'll be talking more about later. Um, and truly, truly transforming your life moment by moment, choice by choice, action by action, and really how to have kind of the backdrop of your mindset in trust, in faith. Um, and we start by trusting and having faith in ourselves. So I just can't wait to, um, to drop this course. It's, it's really in the caterpillar phase, if you will. The caterpillar is just starting to create its cocoon. Um, I've been working a lot on it and it just lights me up every time I do. In fact, my actual yoni, <laughs> which is another, it's just the Sanskrit word for vulva and vagina. My actual yoni like pulsates when I work on this project, which is my way of letting me know that sacral energy is flowing. So guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. As always, if you enjoyed it and you gained value from it, I would love for you to take a picture of yourself, either listening to it or of the actual podcast, tag me, post it in your stories on social and let others know about the wisdom and the gifts that are here in these, in these recordings. All right, guys, I will see you next week.